Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Dear Jesus, we love you. We give you our praise this morning, Lord. We give you our hearts. We give you our desires. We give you our fears, our doubts, Lord. We give you our will today, God. Holy Spirit, come rest on us today. Agree with that, church. Come rest on us this morning, Holy Spirit. We love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name, Lord. Heal every heart this morning, God. Set the captive free. May we be overwhelmed with your nearness this morning, God. Let us be so aware of the love, Lord, that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Uh, Real quick before we get started, is there anyone in the room that, Joel, you can just keep playing, but play softly, but keep playing, that would be beautiful, that um, has an issue in your right ear. Anyone, when we were worshiping, my ear was on fire, and and sometimes the Lord will speak to me about healing. Anyone, you can just wave at me. Maybe you're watching online. Okay, I see someone here. Uh, There's someone over there on the balcony. Is there anyone, someone on the balcony? I see you right there. And someone over here, over here. Okay, if you're watching online, this is for you. Let's just pray real quick for these ears, okay? It was was, uh, the right ear, but the Lord knows your need. He can heal anything he wants to right now, and he will. So Lord, I just thank you, God, for these ears, Lord. You know the issue. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are the healer, God, and healing is the children's bread, Lord. So I thank you, Father, that right now we come in agreement, Lord, and we thank you that these ears will be completely healed, Jesus. They'll be restored, any loss of hearing, any buzzing, anything abnormal in the ears, Lord, will be healed today. We thank you, Father. And yeah, heal that left leg as well. There's someone that you have an issue with your left leg. It's the whole leg. Um, starts at the top and it goes right, right past your knee. Lord, heal that left leg. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen. All right. So this morning I'm going to teach about uh, the love of God. It's been something that I've just been reading about in the Bible, and it's just ministered to me so deeply, and I wasn't planning on preaching on this, but, you know, when we read the Word of God, if, if you're a minister, and this is for all of us, but especially you pastors, you teachers, if something is ministering to you, a lot of the time that's the Holy Spirit doing something so you can release that as well. And as I've been reading these passages, I shared a little bit about this, and I'm going to probably share some of the passages that I shared on our partner call the other night that I got to have with some of our partners. Um, It's just been, my eyes have been so opened, let me say it that way, to the love of God recently that it's overwhelming me. I'm so thankful. Anyone thankful in here this morning? Even sitting there worshiping the Lord with you guys this morning, sometimes you just look around and it's not the magnitude or the size that I'm talking about of the church or, or, or the, what God has done here. It's just you look around and you see hungry hearts loving Jesus and it's impossible not to be moved. And, and if it doesn't move you, then you need to go be with Jesus because seeing people clinging to Jesus, even if it's just one person in your midst clinging to the Lord, it should move your heart. It does something. And recently, I've been so enamored by 
just how faithful God has been, how undeserving I am for any of this, how, how it could have been anyone in the world that Jesus went after, but he chose to go after me and you, just one. He would do it, like, like I think Mackenzie just said, he, he left all to go after the one. This is our God. And I'm going to go through scriptures with you this morning, and we're going to read probably a lot of scriptures. I hope that's okay. If it's not, too bad. You picked the wrong church. Um, But just so you can see, because I can tell you my experience, but the Bible can do a much better job. But as I was reading in the scriptures recently, and again, I was telling this to our sweet partners the other night on our Zoom call, I was like, I've read this passage so many times, and I don't know why a few weeks ago when I was reading it, it just ministered to me so much, and I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, you went just for him. It's the demoniac that we read about. I'm not going to turn to there right now, but it's in Luke 8. You can go and find it. But remember the man that had the legions of demons. Remember, Jesus got on the boat. The Bible says, as soon as he got off the boat, the man with many demons ran to him. So that means he didn't do anything else. He got off the boat and he comes to him. Then Jesus casts these legions of devils out of him. Remember, they go into the pigs. That's always been a mystery to me. That's one of the things I want to ask the Lord when I get to heaven. Why? (laughs) Why? I think it's so people could see with their eyes. This is just my thought, because I've thought about this passage many times. Maybe so people could believe how real it was that those devils were coming out, that they went into the pigs and then they ran into the river. That's just my thoughts, but I could totally be wrong. But that's always one of the scriptures. And I'm like, I just want to know why. That's so dramatic, but so cool at the same time. But those poor pigs, I don't know. But, um, but we know this story. But then after that, the Bible says, remember, that he, the town then, after they saw this man who was possessed free, you would think if you saw someone living in your town that was completely possessed and overwhelmed by devils, you would think that if you saw them looking normal, looking whole, looking free, that you would, that would make you want to worship the Lord. But this town did the opposite. They said, no, 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 get out of here. We don't want you here. They rejected Jesus. But the one that he came for, remember, he said, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, go and tell others. And then he got back in the boat and he left. Because the Lord is so holy, so amazing. This is something I really want us all to get. He will not, he's too classy for this. He will not push himself on us. When the town said, get out of here, we don't want you, Jesus, he left. And that's how the Holy Spirit is as well. I believe it's R.T. Kendall who, I'm pretty sure it was him. I went to a a church once and heard him preach this message and and it changed my life. I should remember who preached it, but the message changed my life. I'm pretty sure it was R.T. Kendall. But he's talking about how the Holy Spirit is so sensitive and the difference between a pigeon and a dove and how you could go to a pigeon and it will just kind of look at you. It doesn't startle easily, but a dove startles so easily. And he was talking about how the Holy Spirit is this way, how we can grieve him so easily and how we need to be so aware of who he is. And I love that side of God. I love that 
he's not, he's, he's, he wants us so badly, but he will not force himself upon us. So he was rejected and he left, but he did set a captive man free. So if you ever feel unloved, unworthy, Jesus doesn't care about my issue. He's got so much else going on. Remember, the Lord was giving of himself all before this passage. That's all he did. The man, when he was, let me say it this way, the man Christ Jesus, when he was on the earth, again, fully God, we have to get that part, fully God, but fully man at the same time. He gave of himself all the time. We see that he, he napped on a boat. This was his, this was his man, this, this is him as man. He had feelings, like of course God has feelings too, but he, he got tired. Do you ever think about that for a moment? He got tired, he had to rest, but here he was giving of himself always. So don't tell me he had the time in the day to go on a boat all the way to a region just to be rejected. He did it because he knew there was someone that was bound there and he loved him so much that he wanted to see him be free. It's beautiful. This is our God. This is the love that he has for us. I pray you get that this morning. This is why this passage, reading this, I've read it so many times and never realized, oh my gosh, Lord, you went just for him. So don't tell me the Lord doesn't care about your need. Yes, he does. He cares so much, so much more than anyone cares for you. Jesus cares that he would leave everything as he's proven time and time again to come pick you out of the pit that you're in right now. That's our God. Go to Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. When you're there, say Amy. Oh, okay. Some of you guys are still looking. It's okay. Ephesians 3, 16, 21. 16 through 21. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Listen to this. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That's the key right there to strength. I'm giving it to you right here. And may you have power to understand as all God's people should, listen, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now our glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. Wow, the scripture just does exactly what it's meant to do. It just pierces us right in the heart in the most beautiful way. 
I mean, you're here, right? So you see what God is doing. I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, I couldn't have dreamed up anything this good. Let me explain that. God wants you. He, he, let me say it this way. He loves you so much. The desires of your heart, he loves to meet them. And he has better plans for you than you could even imagine in your wildest dreams. Yeah, I had desires. Yes, I wanted to do things for the Lord. Yes, I had dreams. We all do. But I look at my life, and it's not perfect, but I look at it with my family, this beautiful church, these students that the Lord has trusted us with, our team, all of these things. I, think, I, I, I say this to myself all the time, Lord, I couldn't even have dreamed this up on my craziest day. Like I, this, It's more amazing than I could have ever imagined. Your ways, God, for us are more glorious, more holy, more real, more tangible than I could ever even dream possible. But this is our God. This is how much He loves His children. He loves to grant the desires of our heart. But it's all found in Jesus. You can't have this outside of Jesus. I was searching for myself so many years. Lord, when will you use me? When will you do the things I, that, that I've, been, I've been hearing about since I was a kid? When will these prophetic words over my life come to pass? But I missed the key, the source. It was him. It was him. So many years I was trying to do all the motions, doing all the things that I thought would bring uh, results and they just never did because I missed the main point. I didn't have a deep walk with Jesus. And you can't use him for this. I've, I've, I've preached on that before, so I'm not gonna get into that this, this morning. But you can't, he's not a slot machine or a genie in the bottle where you can use him to grant your deepest desires. No, no, he's too holy for that. But the crazy thing is when I stopped caring about the things and just wanted Jesus, he started to trust me. And as long as he's my desire and not the things, I believe he'll continue to trust me. But the moment that the things become my source, that can even be this church, it can be our school, it can be our ministry, it can be the things that he's blessed us with. If that becomes your source, I realized it was my source in lockdown in 2020. Something in me, Michael was just as carefree as could be, like loving life and I just wasn't there. I, I, I had this desire, I, I just, uh, I can't wait to just, I, I just gotta be with this, 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 this. And I remember Michael said to me, he goes, your source has become Jesus' image. Our source has to be Jesus. Even if everything stops today, we should be okay with that. And I'm a pretty honest person. I was like, well, I'm not there. Good for you that that's how you feel right now, but I don't feel this way right now. I'm sorry, but I, he's like, well, go talk to the Lord about it. And I did. And I started to, to lovingly just ask him to help me get these desires out of my heart, Lord. Get this need to want to be seen or want to preach or want to do this, this, this. Get this out of me because it's there. Sometimes we just have to be, 
just evaluate ourselves rightly. <laughs> like Paul says, you know, we need to actually be honest with ourselves and not lie to ourselves and, and be okay with the weak things in us, but give it to the Lord. When I say be okay, I don't mean stay there. I mean be okay to actually confess them and bring them to Jesus and bring them to people that we have in our life that we trust. So he did a work in me. And he's still doing a work in me. But man, it's a beauty, beautiful thing to just want Jesus and be content in him. And in him, he gives us the desires of our heart because he is a good father. I think sometimes we forget he's a good father. And I think the message of a good, good father has been taken at, at times in the wrong direction. He is good because he is God and he is our Lord. That's why he's good. He is good because he is merciful. He is good because he rebukes us when we need it to keep us on the straight and narrow path. This is why he's a good father. The other stuff is just additions. Making your dreams come true, that's not the source. That's just a little icing on top of the cake. Maybe a little candle. (laughs) But he's good because we have him. This is what makes him good. He's good because of the cross. This is what makes him good. He's good because he came to suffer and die for our sins. This is why he's good. This is why he's good. I'm just going to reference John 16. And, in the, and when I'm talking about this, you can, I'm going to read John 16, 22 through 27, so you can turn there. But how about the fact that he gave us the Holy Spirit? I'm trying to lovingly provoke you today. If you ever, ever had a doubt in your heart that God doesn't love me, God doesn't see me, God doesn't care for our needs, he sent the Spirit to you. This shows you how much he loves you, that he didn't abandon us and leave us as orphans, that God the Father sent his only son to a world that did not deserve it. I think Michael has said this before. My son is somewhere in that vicinity. I love him very much. I can't imagine sending one of my children to die for people that did not even value and appreciate that. I I, I wouldn't do it. But this is what God did for us. This is the love. If you have children, you have to sometimes go, oh my gosh, how would that feel? to a people that spit on him and slapped him. And oh, sometimes we, of course, we we focus on the cross and we should, but sometimes you need to focus on those passages even leading up to the cross. The mockery, the the absolute disrespect, spitting, uh, spitting in that culture, spitting on any culture is not okay, but in that culture, I'm from that part of the world, my family. That is like the most disrespectful thing you can do. That's like saying you're trash. This is what they did to Jesus before the cross. They spit on him. They beat him as they were making fun of him. But God sent him for us so that we can have life and life eternal. This is the love he has for us. John 16, 22 to 27. It says, so you have sorrow now but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. 
At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. Some of you guys missed that. He will grant your request because you use the name of Jesus. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively. <laughs> Word's always hard for me to say. I think I said it kind of right. And will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father, listen, himself loves you dearly. Not just loves you, loves you dearly. Because you love me and believe that I came from God. Let me say this too. You, you cannot have a walk with God outside of Jesus. There's a lot of people all over the world that proclaim God, but they don't know Jesus. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus, Jesus Christ, and him alone. To know God, you have to know Jesus. Again, because the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Amen. John 17, I told you there's a lot of scripture, but I think this is just vital that we get this in our hearts. John 17, 9 through 16. I think I'm, I'm going to read 20 through 26. Read along with me and, and stay with me. My prayer is not for this world. This is Jesus praying. This is the prayer of Jesus. Listen to the heart he has for us, for his followers. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me so they bring me glory. Wow. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be uni united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost. Listen, except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to this world. Listen, just as I do not belong to this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I'm not asking you to take them out of this world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. I am praying not only for these disciples, listen, but also for all of those who will ever believe in me through their message. This is us. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will not know that you sent me and that you love me. So the world will know that you sent me and that you love me as much as you love, you love them as much as you love me. 
Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Okay, I know that was a lot of scripture, but that is one of the most powerful passages in scripture that we can read. I had to trim it down because I know I was going to lose people's attention. And it's okay if I lost your attention. There was so many scriptures I wanted to highlight in this message that I had to go, I have to trim this back because all of it was ministering to me this morning as I was reading the Bible. I'm like, God, you loved us so much that you prayed to the Father. Jesus, you loved us so much that you prayed to the Father about your followers. This is the way you love us, that you wanted to take care of every need and you, that we're one with you, God, just like Jesus is one with you. This kind of just, it, it blows you away when you think of this, you know, it should. We have this oneness, Jesus, this oneness, this amazing unity, and we're supposed to be united as well, church. We're also supposed to love each other. Christ died for the church. We need to be united in, in oneness, not divided. But to think that, that Jesus, he, he could have prayed anything. He could have prayed anything. But here he was praying to his father for those that followed him. And I love that that passage added, so people don't forget, this is for my followers who will believe in me. So you can't say, oh, well, that was just for the disciples. Of course he loved the disciples. No, no, he loves you too. He loves you the same way that he was just praying for those disciples and us. That's the way he loves you. You were included in that passage. It wasn't just for his disciples that he walked with. It was for us as well. You go, Jess, why are you saying all this to us this morning? Because I feel like sometimes we need to be reminded how valuable we are to the Lord. If you ever dealt with rejection, you need to be reminded how much Jesus loves you. If your parents didn't love you the way they needed to, you need to be reminded that you have a Father that is God Almighty, that loves you more than anything in this world with an everlasting love. If you only know love with conditions, you need to be reminded that Jesus loves us unconditionally. Yeah, unconditionally. It means no matter what we do, he loves us, but yes, he does expect us to cling to him and make it right. But like the prodigal son, he's waiting for us, waiting for us. I know I get really nostalgic in this building, and I know it's probably a little annoying. It's okay. No one's getting my jokes this morning. That's all right. <laughs> but sometimes I think about just the, the detail of the Lord, and it, it just starts blowing me away. I think about how I used to sit right there in the balcony and, and not want anything to do with God. And now here I am all these years later, 30 years later, preaching about Him. Only God can do this. <laughs> you know, only the Lord does these things. I just, I have these thoughts all the time, like, wow, who would have thought? Who would have thought, Lord, you, you knew, you knew I would run back to you one day. 
Maybe my parents didn't know. Maybe they gave up faith. Maybe I didn't believe that. I really didn't think this would be my path. I thought I'd be a lawyer that moved to New York City. It was my dream. <laughs> That's what I always wanted to do. That would be single, move to New York City. I loved it there. And everyone always said I was a good debater and negotiator and I'd be a lawyer one day. And I was like, That's what I thought I would do. My teachers would always call me a little lawyer. And so I thought, I'll just go be a lawyer in New York City. I love it. Who knew? I said, the one thing I'll never do is move back to Orlando and marry a preacher. Who knew? <laughs> I literally, that came out of my mouth. Michael was a golfer when I met him. And then after I already like fallen for him, he said, I want to preach. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but God's ways are so amazing. And this is just a little bit of my story, but you all have a story like this. We all have a journey. We all look at our life and look at the totality of our, our walk with God and, and where we were maybe a year ago, maybe five years ago, maybe 20 years ago, maybe a month ago or yesterday. And we think, how did I end up here? How, how, how only God could do this. Those of you that came down and gave your heart to the Lord this morning, God knew. Maybe you didn't know this morning why you even got here or why you're here. But God knew in that very moment that you would say yes to him. And the Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing. This is how much he loves us. This is how much he wants us. This is how much he desires for us to draw to him and cling to him. I remember my dad said, Catherine Kuhlman used to always say, he's all I got. He's all I got. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He's all I have. And that never made sense to me as a kid when I would hear him tell these stories. And now it does. It does. I get it. I'm like, oh, I get it. That like, he's everything to me. And he loves me so much. He's been so good to me. And I don't deserve it. None of us do. And we shouldn't ever feel like we deserve it, because we don't. Thank you, Jesus. This morning I was just waiting on the Lord, just reading the Bible. And I was in John 20. And again, I'm in this passage all the time. You can turn there if you want, but I'm just going to highlight some things that just spoke to me so beautifully that kind of line up with what what I'm preaching on this morning. Remember, they, they ran to the tomb after the resurrection of Jesus because they heard Jesus wasn't there anymore. And I love how John refers to himself in third person, the one that Jesus loved. Remember, he outran Peter. <laughs> but I love how it says how Peter went in the tomb first. It references that. And I just started thinking, here was Peter who just rejected Jesus, who just denied him, not once, not twice, three times. And you kind of have to like think for a moment, how did it feel for Peter after he rejected Jesus? The, the, the deep pain and anguish he must have felt in his heart. And I think that's why something about him running inside first got to me so much. I'm like, yeah, maybe John was faster, but Peter was so quick to go in the tomb. The Bible says then John went inside after. 
it references that. And I thought, that's what I would do too if I was Peter. I would be so remorseful for denying the Lord. I feel so much probably shame as well that I would just, everything in me would just want to be wherever I could to, to, to make me think of him. I love that side of Peter. He gets a bad rap at times, but he was so hungry for Jesus and so had a heart to try to make things right. And then we read about how God, how Jesus restored Peter. And I go, okay, now I see why you did, Lord. He had the kind of heart just to kind of be zealous and careless at times, didn't care what he looked like. Remember, you can't be my disciple unless if I wash your feet. I love this passage again with Peter. And Peter goes, no, no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. And he says, but if I don't wash your feet, you don't belong to me. And I love what Peter says then. Well, then wash all of me, Lord. Like, just wash me. I love that about Peter. I feel like that is the childlike heart that the Lord loves. Peter wasn't perfect, but Peter loved him. Yeah, Peter went right in. It's not saying that John was wrong and Peter was right or anything like that, but it's saying this shows his heart. And God can work with a heart like that. Peter just did a horrible thing, denied him. But he had a heart posture to go after Jesus. Jesus can work with that. Then as you keep reading, we see how Jesus reveals himself to Mary. We see the desperation in Mary. Go to John 20, 11 through 16. It says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. I love this. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher in Hebrew. Such a popular passage. But there was something about the way he spoke to her that got me this morning. Like, just made me start tearing up when I was reading it this morning. That's why I was like, I'm just going to start writing about this because this is just ministering to me. How he, like, played a loving game with her in the most beautiful way. You would think if someone was crying over you, you'd be like, here I am. It's me. But something in Jesus said, who are you looking for? Why are you crying? This is what he loves to do with us. He loves when we seek him out. I love that, that side of the Lord. Remember as he was walking on the water, remember that they had to call out and contend him. I love that side of Jesus. I love that he didn't just 
blasts it out. It's me, Mary. It's me. Stop crying. Like he, he loved her devotion after him. I love that. We see this on the walk to Emmaus in Luke 24. Don't turn there. But again, we see Jesus. His followers are talking about him in the cross. And then he just shows up and says, what are you talking about so intently? As if he didn't know. As if he didn't know. He knew. And then he rebuked them afterwards for not knowing, which I love that side of Jesus as well. But I love how tender he was with Mary. Mary was close to him. But I love with, with his followers, he, what are you talking about? He knew, but he wanted to hear them talk about him. You know, it's, it's one thing when someone talks about you to your face in a good way, but you sometimes go, I don't know if they really mean this. Of course you're telling me this. I'm standing right here. What are you going to tell me? You hate me? But it's different when you hear someone talk about you and they don't know that you're listening. Zach told me this morning, I heard you paid me a compliment on how good I do on sound. You were talking to Yoman and, and I was in the background. I said, thank God I didn't say anything bad about you, Zach. But um, I was telling Yoman how good he was doing at sound and he overheard me. I didn't know that Zach was in the background. Thanks a lot, Yoan, for the heads up. Um, <laughs> But I, I love that because Zach knew it was really in my heart. Do you understand? So here Jesus is like hearing what people really think about him, even though in the moment they're blind to know that it was him. There's something beautiful about that. There's something so beautiful. Back to Mary. But the way he asked her, knowing she was looking for him. Then something about the way Mary says, tell me where you have put him and I'll go and get him. Like, what was she going to do? <laughs> like, think about that. She's a lady, not putting ladies down. I know we're very strong for you people that are like, um, <laughs> but she's a lady. He's a man. He was heavy if he was really dead, but he wasn't dead. But what Mary loved him so much is like, oh, where's the body? Tell me and I'll go get him. This is the way she loved him. It didn't make any sense. But she loved him so much that she shows her heart. And then when he says her name, then she recognizes him. See, my sheep know my voice. In the name, she goes, oh, Rabboni, teacher. Now she knows. And see, only the ones that have this intimate fellowship with Jesus know these things. Remember John, when, we, when he restores Peter, John goes, it's Jesus. Remember, they also didn't know, but he knew what was different. They really knew him so well, and he loved them so deeply. I'm just going to read. You don't have to turn there for sake of time, but John 21, 3 through 9. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. I think Michael has shared this before, but my dad has always said, this is the saddest passage in the entire Bible because it shows that they were going back to their old life. The disciples didn't know what to do. I'm going fishing again. But little did they know God had other plans for them. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? 
No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter, I love this, heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. There's another great Peter moment. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Oh my goodness, I mean, so many things I love about that passage. But the fact that Jesus cared enough to feed them. And of course we read about the 5,000, you know, where he fed the 5,000, but the fact that he was just sitting there, waiting for them this way, cooking for them, feeding them. You know, my grandmother, my dad's mom, didn't speak English, spoke Arabic. I didn't really speak Arabic. I only knew the bad words back in the day. Back in the day, don't judge me. So we didn't really communicate through language. I understood a good amount of what she was saying, but I couldn't ever express myself or she couldn't really express herself to me. But I knew she loved me because she was always cooking and giving of herself to us kids. That shows actual, like that's an action. I love that Jesus here is doing that for his followers. He didn't have to do that. He could have called down angels from heaven to cook for all of them. But he cared so much that he sat there waiting on them. What God does this? What God loves his followers this way? And then we know shortly after he restored Peter. I've been there to this spot. They all have touched me deeply when I go to Israel, but the place where Jesus restored Peter gets to me more than anything, anytime I go. I don't know why. I think just being there, thinking about just the desperation in Peter as we see he jumps in the water. Then the Lord restores him and brings him back to himself, which is the beauty. It's the beauty of Jesus. This is so real. These stories that I'm giving you this morning, these are so real, so tangible, so attainable. This is our God. This is the way he loves you. Well, Jess, I feel unloved. God loves you. My spouse doesn't love me. I'm in an abusive relationship with my spouse. He doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. God does. My kids don't value me. God values you. My workers, my coworkers don't care for me. God does. My teachers don't care for me. God does. I'm all alone. No, you're not. God is with you. You're not alone. The word says he will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, I dealt with rejection my whole life. It is probably one of the main things that got me so messed up years ago where I wasn't doing well emotionally. And then I found Jesus and he opened my eyes to realize the love he had for me. And I've never dealt with rejection since that day. Never, never. It was something I dealt with my whole life. It's not because I had horrible parents. I just dealt with it. I went through things. And I never felt worthy. I never felt good enough. I never felt worthy of love. 
I never felt like I deserved happiness. I, all these things plagued me all throughout my life, all throughout my life. But then I found Jesus and I fully grasped, like I would hear it all the time at church. I would hear it reading the Bible. I'd hear it in Sunday school, how God loves us. We sing about it. We talk about it. We read about it. But it never really got in deep. And then one day it did. And it did when I gave him everything. When I got out of the way and stopped trying to figure everything out, then I understood the way God loves us, the way he loves me. And that's why I'll never leave him again. I used to be like this, in and out, in and out, burning for the Lord, then not burning for the Lord, burning for the Lord, and then not burning for the Lord. My life was like a roller coaster. And again, it's not perfect now. I have my moments, I'm a, I'm a human but it's not like that anymore. What's the difference? I found him and I never let him go. That's the difference. I never let him go. I didn't go back to my old ways. I, I didn't go back to the days of not fellowshipping with him. I know very well that if I did, that my life again would be like this, up and down, up and down, because having a church, having a ministry does not keep your life steady. It doesn't, only he does. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.